Biden signs a $768 billion defense bill and complains it won't let him close Gitmo. And here's the thing. Like, this just happened today, Monday, right? This country is constantly spending money that we do not have. Just to keep that in mind. So President Biden on Monday signed a $768 billion defense spending bill that includes funds for a 2.7% pay raise for the troops, but lamented that it did not provide money to remove terror detainees from Guantanamo Bay. Top Democrats have long advocated for the closure of the military prison at the U.S. Navy base in Cuba, a drive that has been met with sharp pushback from Republicans. In his statement, Biden argued that two sections of the bill barring the use of federal funds to transfer detainees to certain foreign nations or the U.S. unless specific conditions are met unduly impaired the ability of the executive branch to determine when and where to prosecute Guantanamo Bay detainees and where to send them upon release. Well, here's the thing, right? And this is the problem that like a lot of people don't like think about, but like, where are you going to put the detainees that are in Guantanamo Bay? Are we going to be exchanging them? Are we just going to like basically give them away back to their countries for political like political reasons, right? So it gets very questionable with Guantanamo Bay. But that's not even the big thing, right? And here's the thing. I think troops should get a pay raise. That being said, this country cannot keep spending money that it does not have when they when this country is already printing money nonstop. If you've ever seen the debt clock, it is scary, right? The amount that we're getting into debt. So in some circumstances, these provisions can make it difficult to comply with the final judgment of a court that has directed the release of a detainee on a writ of habeas corpus, added the president who urged Congress to eliminate these restrictions as soon as possible. The president also took issue with provisions in the bill requiring reports on the amount of U.S. military equipment destroyed during the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan as well as the threat posed by ran-backed militias in the Middle East. See, this is what's scary, right? Like, this has been, like, commonplace from the very beginning with the horrendous outcome of the whole withdrawal from Afghanistan, right? Like, Biden does not want to own up to the complete failure that this actually was because when you're taking issue, right, where it is requiring reports on the amount of U.S. military equipment that was destroyed, but also, you know, things that were left over there because not everything was destroyed. That's the thing. There is a lot of equipment still out there. And a good interview recently on a podcast from a Jocko podcast 
was where they actually had like a journalist that was actually in Afghanistan after the withdrawal. She was there before it, during it, and went back after it. And she spoke with the Taliban, she spoke with ISIS, she spoke with a lot of people there. And she got like more of a first-hand viewpoint. So if anyone's actually interested in that, go check out Jocko Podcast. It should be one of the most recent episodes. But it was very eye-opening as to the actual situation in Afghanistan because of this whole situation. So Biden complained that such reports will, in the ordinary course, include highly sensitive classified information, including information that could reveal critical intelligence sources or military operational plans. However, he promised to provide the information with due regard for the protection from unauthorized disclosures of classified information relating to sensitive intelligence sources and methods or other exceptionally sensitive matters I believe the Congress shares this understanding. But here's the thing, right? The United States have basically no pull at all in Afghanistan. They have no power in Afghanistan. They have so much weapons still there in Afghanistan that that whole area is going to get potentially very bad because... There's not really anything there to prop it up, right? There's really no economic system. There's really no protection for everyday people there. And a lot of the, I would say, zealots in Afghanistan, also terrorists, view certain countries as like they don't, like they shouldn't really exist anymore and they're going to pretty much use whatever's left over here to go attack other countries nearby them so it's going to get potentially very bad and so this is the thing like this is the problem with like governments where they always try to hide as much information as possible because they think that's going to be better but in a lot of times if these governments were just Upfront with the reality of the situation, then the public can also support things or not support things, right? Like, this is the reason why, you know, the Vietnam War basically got completely destroyed, is because it no longer had the support of the populace, right? Because they had, like, a lot of mistrust, all that kind of stuff. When you have a populace that has no trust in the government and they see the government constantly lying to them or hiding things from them, you're not really going to get support from the populace and they're going to fight you tooth and nail. So it's like a double-edged sword what they're actually doing right here. So the sprawling plan, which includes $25 billion more than the White House had requested for defense spending, passed the Senate by a vote of 89 to 10 on December 15th, a week earlier, it had passed the House by 363 to 70. The bulk of the funds, 96%, are allocated to Department of Defense programs, with another $27.8 billion allocated for Department of Energy National Security programs, and the remaining $378 million 
for additional defense-related matters. The legislation also provides $300 million to the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative to assist Kiev in acquiring the resources needed to counter Russia's troop buildup on its eastern border. The legislation also includes language implementing stronger repercussions for sexual assault in the military and criminalizing sexual harassment under the Uniform Code of Military Justice with all claims of being subject to an investigation by an independent investigator. I think that's a pretty good idea. And I believe, I've heard this before from people who have served in the military, that if you're a guy, never be alone basically in a room with just a female. Because there have been cases where females maybe wanted to be with them or didn't want to be with them but basically wanted to get back at them for some reason and ended up basically falsely accusing them and then the person ends up basically getting, you know, kicked out of the military or worse, right? Now, I'm not saying that's all the case, but basically that was like a suggestion, like if you were to ever get, like go into the military when I was like younger, that was basically said like, hey, be very careful, never be alone, like in a room with just another person, basically, because it is a possibility of happening, right? So apparently it is pretty rampant, and this is also the issue with like co-mingling this is also the issue with you know introducing a lot more trans acceptance into the military because this is going to be a little bit more commonplace and it's sad that this is going to end up happening like it's just like when you just increase the numbers of certain people intertwining it's just going to increase the likelihood of something bad potentially happening so just keep that in mind Rep. Mike Rogers praised the bill as the culmination of months of bipartisan work, and this year's NDAA provides our military with a crucial funding increase to ensure that our warfighters have the tools they need to combat the threats our nation faces, he said in the statement. But again, this is the problem, right? Because, like, no matter how much money you have, if it's not led correctly, it's basically all worthless, right? Like, $1,000 with someone who knows how to spend their money well and can lead people is a lot different than someone who has no fundamental knowledge of personal finance, right? Someone can end up turning $1,000 into $2,000, whereas the other person who has no personal finance experience will end up turning $1,000 into lottery tickets, right? So our work is not finished. As we approach the new year, our nation faces unprecedented aggression and threats from near-peer adversaries, namely China and Russia. Combating these threats will continue to be our number one priority as we look ahead to FY23. Now here's the thing, though. I feel like it makes more sense for them to, like, I don't like the idea of them spending money that we just don't have, but if they were spending this money, it'd make more sense to work more so on cybersecurity stuff because that's probably going to be a bigger issue as time goes on. Because even though there's still going to be like ground conflict, 
this country is more at risk from a cyber attack because it has constantly happened these past couple years than a ground attack. Because the thing is, there's only so much that you could do on a ground attack before it ends up becoming negative on both sides, right? For example, let's say China were to start attacking us with ground forces. Okay, we could re, you know, retaliate. We could fight back. We could send ground troops as well. We could send drones, all that kind of stuff, right? It's going to keep on escalating back and forth, back and forth, until someone's just going to try to nuke each other. And at that point, basically everyone's going to get nuked and everyone's just going to die. So that's why it's more likely that there's going to be more cyber attacks from China and Russia than more so a direct conflict. But places around Afghanistan and in Afghanistan, there's going to be a lot of ground conflict. And the United States is probably going to end up spending money or shipping money over there again. If you want to learn how to get out of debt and mass your money so that you can at least have a little bit less stress in your life, go to 40 Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation. And it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.